Welcome to the X-Men Task Podcast. My name is Willie Simpson. My name is Sonia Rappaport. And today, Sonia, we are in the fifth episode of Season 5, the 69th episode overall, Stormfront, Part 1. Right. Uh, this episode um, is perhaps unfortunately titled... Uh, I'm not going to be putting it in the website's tags of searchable terms <laughs> uh, to, you know, I don't want it, I don't want people searching the internet for Stormfront, the racist website, to, uh, you know, to, to cross-pollinate into our universe. <laughs> yeah, it's a, um, a different audience. A different audience. Uh, perhaps this episode predates that website. Somehow I doubt it, but whatever. It's not like it had all that notoriety. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, that, that, uh, the least we could say about that, the better. Uh, <laughs> so, unfortunate episode title aside... Uh, I had no real memory of seeing this episode, so for me it was like seeing it for the first time. I had definitely seen it before, but... Um, Another good one. Yeah, pretty good. It, it's the last of the well-animated episodes. So, well, at, part two will be. Right, yeah. Part yeah. two will be part two of Stormfront, but then after that it's Jubilee's fairy tale Theater. And this is the nosedive we've been waiting for all this time. Right. Well, not yet. Soon, the nosedive is coming. That's what I right? mean. Yeah. Jubilees. Yeah. We're, we're on the precipice here of X-Men quality. Um, not necessarily in writing. We'll see about that, but definitely in production value. Mm-hmm. Um, so, right off the bat, what I can say about this episode, it's, it's a Storm-centric episode. I love that it's about Storm and not about her backstory. That it's like things that are happening now that are brand new to everyone. I think that's cool. You think most of the Storm-centric episodes touch on her backstory? Is yeah. what you said. I have to think about that because it's like the one where she fights the Shadow King definitely touches on her backstory, right. where she was where like a midwife Jean, yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what other Storm-centric episodes? Um, the one where like the Savage Land. Episodes where she's try- it reminded me of the Savage Land episodes where the weather's all messed up and she has to. Uh-huh. There's like a danger of her f- trying to fix it. I guess those aren't so much about her backstory, yeah, maybe but there's not like those. the hint of claustrophobia. Right, that, that always comes. I guess that's up. just her character, not yeah. her like. Right, so this is like a nice storm centric episode that you're right. It's just like get to see Storm as the center of action. Yeah, as the hero, and um, it's it's I'm guessing it's loosely based off of. Uh, Famous, semi-famous X-Men annual comic book, uh, where it, it was a comic written right in the heart of the Phoenix Saga, I believe. Maybe the Dark Phoenix Saga. Um, it wasn't my favorite annual, because that's, like, obviously mine and many people's favorite runs of X-Men ever, is the Phoenix comics. Yeah. And everything going on. So, like, right in the middle of that action, there's the episode where it's probably the same... Pl- it's definitely the same characters. They travel to... In this episode, they're called Polemicus, and the, the guy's called, like, Archon? Archon, right, yeah. So it's it's probably, like, ripped off that story. I don't remember the details of the comic, but it's it's definitely the setting mm-hmm. from that. So in, in a way, it was, like, I feel like it was a very famous annual just because it's, like, smack dab in the middle of the most famous X-Men comics ever. And it, it was kind of disappointing. It's like I've discussed on previous episodes with uh, annual comic books. Those are the ones they would do at the end of the year, I think, where they w- it would be like a double-sized issue, where they would cram in a lot of stuff and it'd be like a special adventure, not really connected to the main storyline mm-hmm. often. And so it was disappointing in the sense that they were taking a break from all this interesting Phoenix stuff to go to this like polemicus world, this other dimension, and do their business there. Mm-hmm. It was like a, I think it was like a weird, like high concept Conan the Barbarian type, you know. Uh, a, a comic book 
as we'll see here. Yeah. You know, at least with the main character. So, all right, that's sort of what it's based on. But here, the episode is pretty good. Uh, it opens, there is a violent storm raging across the nation's capital. Mm-hmm. And the X-Men are there trying to fix it in the Blackbird jet. Yeah. Storm is, like, sensing that things are off. It's not a normal weather pattern. And Beast confirms, meteorologists say it's not a normal weather pattern. Yeah. And, like... I was like, can't Storm just fix this easily? She <laughs> well, controls the weather. Well, that's the interesting... I mean, like, this episode, we learn a lot about the limits of her powers and the, the uniqueness of her powers, questions we've asked on this podcast throughout the run. So when there's a real planet-wide catastrophe, it obviously takes her greater effort mm-hmm. to mess with the weather. And here she talks about... You get a sense of, like, what her powers mean. Like, she has a weird connection to Mother Earth, mm-hmm. and she senses the weather's pain, and she talks about how the weather's injured in a way, that there's something wrong with all the elemental forces. Yeah. So, you know, Storm's power is, like, very mysterious the more you, like, if you really think about it. Like, it's one thing to write the character and say, she controls the weather. Yeah. It's like, that's a very godlike, cool fantasy power to just bestow onto somebody. But what does that really mean? How does it work? It's very bizarre, because... You know what are what are the limits of it? Is she controlling? Like, is she in touch with the geology of the planet, and or is it just the atmosphere? Is it like chemical reactions? And I mean, we still don't really get all of our answers, but it's explored here at the very least, and it is interesting to watch her because I mean, like. Shortly into the episode, that's exactly what she tries to do. She pulls the escape hatch, and she's like, everyone, like, stay here. And she, like, jumps up out of the (laughs) blackbird to try to go, like, do what she can to fix the weather. Right. And Jubilee tries to go after her. It's like, wait, you know. Uh, She she, jumps out the plane. She almost falls out. Wolverine catches her at the last second. It's pretty He's like, let Storm do what she's got to do. Like, relax. Again, Jubilee taken on another extremely violent mission, or dangerous mission, anyway. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I mean, I guess this is how you learn to be an X-Man. Like, to be a badass superhero on the level of Wolverine, Storm, or Cyclops, or Rogue, you've got to put yourself in danger. But Jubilee is so underpowered. It's like an apprenticeship program. It is. I mean, it's like, it's realistic in the sense that... If you were training for the most el- one of the most elite superhero teams in the world, you'd have to put yourself in enormous danger and get used to it. Yeah. And just laugh in the face of danger, more or she less. She does that, though. She laughs in the face of danger, for sure. She has role models that do that as well. Yeah, but, but it's st- still. like I said, she seems underpowered. You know, she doesn't... It you don't seems- think her fireworks are, like, uh, good enough to keep her safe? Well, that's always been a question. It's like how strong her fireworks power... But it's still, yeah. it's just like shooting. It's like having a gun. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I always question the X-Men bringing the 15-year-old Jubilee along. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I, I liked some details when they opened up this episode. There's a news report. And, uh, you know, they're saying it's taking place over Washington, D.C. They've never seen weather like this. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, an interview from some guy in a crowd. He's like, I blame the muties for screwing with the weather. Yeah. And it's just, you know, another nice little touch of the social atmosphere in the country world the X-Men inhabit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, anyway, Storm is, it, like we said, she's in great, almost like physical pain at this bad weather. Um, that's like an interesting characteristic of her power, mm. that the weather can bring her great distress when it's not in its proper harmony. Um I wonder if in the comics now, with global warming becoming more and more of a thing, I would write in that Storm's, like, getting more <laughs> in pain. You know, it's like, things are she going right. constant migraines. She's like, El Nino! No! <laughs> um, 
another like weird detail that stuck out to me all in the Blackbird Jubilee keeps referring to Cyclops as Psyche. Uh-huh. Which is a, a nickname we've seen... Wolverine calls him that Yeah, sometimes. Wolverine calls him often, but I've never heard Jubilee really refer to him as Psych. It's often, it seems a little bit disrespectful to the team captain from a 15-year-old punk on the team that she's just freely calling him Psych. I guess they're all friends it's at this endearment. point. It's endearment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's still just like slightly jarring that she kept referring to, referring to him as Psych like over and over. But uh, whatever, it's didn't fine. Didn't bother me. Yeah. So the uh, storm jumps out the window of the Blackbird uh, or the door. Uh, the plane cr- does a hard crash landing. It's it's kind of dramatic. Beast is on the the jet as well, tr- flying the plane with Cyclops. They're mm-hmm. having some trouble. It's weird, you know. As they're doing the crash landing, we see. I, I was like immediately like, why aren't Wolverine and Jubilee strapped into a seat? This is so dangerous. Yeah. And immediately they're flung back into their chairs. Luckily, you know, for the crash landing. Uh-huh. Um, so the uh, the plane crashes, but they're okay for the time being. Um, Storm is on top of the Washington Monument, doing what she can to try to calm the weather. She's like making some progress. She's standing on top of the Washington Monument in her high heeled shoes. <laughs> you know, trying to balance herself on the triangle point. Mm. And, you know, she runs out of energy and she stumbles and falls. Luckily, into the arms of, uh, like we sort of said, a Conan the Barbarian type warrior dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name again? Ar- Archon. Archon. So he is, he kind of looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger in a way. He's got long purple hair. Bul- Just like Arnold. Right. Well, not that, yeah, that's the one detail, not like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but big bulging muscles. Uh, he's wearing one of those weird, like, barbarian tunic type outfits. Mm-hmm. He's got a uh, a quiver filled with lightning bolt arrows. Yeah. To, reminiscent of Zeus, I guess. They look exactly like Storm's earrings, as he pointed right, out. That's fine. And if I were Storm, that would be the first thing I'd be like, hey, <laughs> we match, or like yeah. something, you know? Right. Um,. So she falls, you know, she does, she's like, how tall is the Washington Monument? It's pretty tall. Uh She falls right into this guy's arms. Yeah. Uh, Lucky her. uh, She's alive. Um, And he essentially just begins the process of kidnapping her. Mm -hmm. He explains, my name is Archon. I'm from this world, Polemicus. It's in great danger. The weather there's really messed up. I had to bring you a taste of it here to, like, get your attention. That's right. He, like, pushes a button on his panel, and it, like, cures all of the Earth's, right. like, weather problems that Storm had been, like, fainting trying to solve. He just, like, <laughs> gets rid of it right away. And yeah. She's like, wait, that was you? Yeah. And he's um, like, well, uh, I just had to show you, like, what we're up against, so, like, come with me and help me solve all my problems. And she's like, you're a fucking asshole. That's barbarous that yeah. you put all these people in danger. Just to, you know, if your cause is just, just you should have come out to me. Yeah. And I would have helped you probably. Right. But he's like, okay, no time for this. And he just grabs her in his arms and opens up a dimensional portal with, like, a glowing golf ball thing on his chest. And he hops on through uh-huh. uh, to another dimension. But Storm realizes she's being kidnapped and she, like, grabs one of those portal oh, yeah. openers and throws it on the no, ground. No, no, Pole- no, that's the weird thing. Archon does that. No, he doesn't. It's no, I'm Storm. I'm almost certain it's Archon. We have to go back and watch it. Okay. I'm so certain right, it's Storm. Hold on. Okay, so I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone uh, that has a secret desire for me to eat crow in this podcast, uh, you can stand <laughs> up and me. applaud. <laughs> yeah, it's only Sonia. Uh, yeah, so, right. So Storm uh, smartly grabs one of Archon's magic beads and leaves it for the X-Men to find, along with one of her ex-communicators that she grabs off her chest and throws on the ground, too. Um, so... That's the clue. Well, kind of. 
Did you miss that? What? Part? What else did I miss? <laughs> <laughs> so before uh, Archon like completely kidnaps her with the portals and everything, Storm it. Uh, like Cyclops or whatever her Wolverine, team, yeah. one of them is trying to contact her through her um, excommunicators, yeah. and it's like on the fritz, sort of. She's oh, right. like trying to get back in contact with them, but she can't. Right. And like you see, like on the sly, Archon is pushing pushing some buttons mm-hmm. on his jacket or whatever, and he's the one that's messing up the communications. He's the one that like makes sure that she can't get in touch with her team before. She like goes off with him, and so like one, she's like pressing on one of them to try to get it to work, but it's like totally broken and just like falls off and lands on the ground, and that's what she puts the little time portal oh, I or see. the space portal thing next to. Right, right, okay. Anyway, um, so uh, to try to rescue Storm, the X Men commandeer a dude's SUV. It's like a rather oversized car SUV. I'm not sure, but it was weird. Uh, you know, he says, uh, "Who are you guys?" And Wolverine's like, "We're the Cub Scouts." <laughs> uh, he says something like that. It was pretty funny. Um, so, like Wolverine, Beast, and Jubilee, and Cyclops all cram into this guy's car. Like three overly muscled men. <laughs> Wolverine takes the driver's side, and Beast gets in on the passenger side of the front seat, and like the car's owner is squished in between the two of them. Jubilee's in the back seat. She's like, "They're not as bad as these." <laughs> three guy. like insane mutants on steroids. This all... guy's really having quite the adventure this evening. Yeah, it's a, quite a scene. Um, meanwhile, Professor X is like jacked in with Cerebro, like tapping on his computers with all the Cerebro wires coming out of his helmet. I liked all the electricity flowing around there. See, that's the Professor X I like. That's why I prefer the Cerebro that's not in like a big like dome. Tiled room. Yeah, thing. I like him working in his office with the helmet on, <laughs> like plugged in like it's a virtual reality thing. And, uh-huh. Tapping away in his computer, I find that funny. Uh, that's where he belongs. I mean, that's a good way to. It's a it's a good place to keep Professor X and like keep him out of the action because, like we said, anytime he's on a mission, he's too overpowered, mm-hmm. and so they always, they're always either knocking him out or like coming up with some excuse as to why he can't do something, or they're just forgetting that he's there, and he, like he doesn't do something. Mm-hmm. So that's why I just like him back in the mansion all the time. Is just you know working on a computer. I feel like that's just like a better excuse. Mm. You know, like doing sort of like the reconnaissance stuff back in the guy in the chair stuff. Yeah, right. There you go. The guy in the chair stuff to to quote Spider-Man Homecoming. (laughs) Um, So which is like anyway. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, So they find the glowing golf ball, as Wolverine calls it, at the crime scene where Storm's been kidnapped. They bring it back to the X Mansion, which I kind of appreciated that. I thought immediately they'd take the ball and, like, smash on the ground and go in the portal right away. Mm-hmm. But they actually do some analysis. They go back to the mansion, and they try to figure out what it is. Beast says some interesting stuff. He says, there's no, like, I can't even figure out what element it is. Mm. And, that you know, that speaks to the fact that it's from another dimension. They might have a different, like, periodic table there or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a different energy signature. None of it makes sense. Um and Wolverine's really impatient, and he just, like, knocks it off the table of this, like, de- this delicate, you know, thing they found, and immediately opens up the portal, and uh, they're like, well, what should we do now? We should analyze this more, and Wolverine's like, screw that, I'm going in. <laughs> <laughs> and Julie's like, I'm right behind you. And Professor X is like, well, in your impatience, you might have solved the problem. Yeah. Goodbye, X-Men. <laughs> and they all hop in uh, to try to find Storm. Meanwhile, she's on this planet, Polemicus. It's like this weird, like, it's like totally out of an episode of Star Trek, which I'm sure yeah. the combination coming from the cartoon writers who like Star Trek and also the comic book writers at the time also heavily aped Star Trek in the comics. Mm-hmm. It's like a world where it's like a mixture of like old Earth time like themes. Greek columned buildings. Yeah, ancient Roman and Greek style mixed with barbarian times and medieval stuff going on. Uh-huh. 
like a weird like one of those planets with like human type people living there. Mm-hmm. So, but like future technology, yeah, future tech also, and you, they show what the world looks like from outer space. It's like this purple world with like a shiny. I don't know if it's purple. It's purple at times, but but it's got this shiny like rainbow ring around it that mm-hmm. seems to be causing the planet a lot of harm. And here we get like a sense that Storm's powers. Like I've always wondered, you know, can she like use her powers in space? Can she use it underwater? As we saw in like a submarine, mm-hmm. and I guess her powers just work anywhere. So because she can sense that the planet is dying. And that's why this Archon guy brought her there is to fix things. The planet's yeah. weather's all messed up. There's hurricanes going on, sandstorms, and floods. And so she's uh, like going from one stressful Earth planet to this planet now, and a lot of stress, trying to like fix it for him. Yeah, he's pleading with her. He's like, "I'm not re- going to apologize. I had to, for kidnapping you. I had to do what I had to do to save my world." And he like shows her on a, an enormous screen. Like, some scenes of his people getting sick and... Right, there's like plagues, too. Flooding and, like, all kinds of bad stuff going on. And yeah. he's like, don't you see, like, I'm desperate. All these people are depending on me. And Storm's like, all right, yeah, like, I forgive you. I'll help you. Which, you know, she would do. She's a hero. But yeah. still, it's, like, a messed up situation. The- but, like, it's like he knows that, too, though. It's like he yeah. would prefer to, like, do something and ask forgiveness than right. to, like, ask permission ahead of time. That kind of reminds like, me of, like, an Arnold Schwarzenegger character where his interactions with women in films where he just sort of drags them along mm. and he, like, knows it's for the better good, but he doesn't explain it, yeah. like, right away. It, you know where it sticks out, like, Marathon Man, mm-hmm. uh, where, he you know, he's on the run. He's been, like, falsely accused of murdering all these people by this fascist government that he lives in. Uh-huh. And he he escapes from jail, and he, like, busts into this woman's apartment. And the woman thinks, like, he's going to rape her, and but instead he ties her up, and he's like, I need you to take me to the airport or something, you know? <laughs> and he just, like, drags her along in this way. Like, you could, you'd know Arnold's a good guy, but But he also needs to, like, use these people. Yeah, he's like a bully. <laughs> like, the way he just drags way. women, like, picks them up like they're toothpicks, and uh-huh. you know what I mean, and throws them over his shoulder and stuff. Yeah. I feel like that happens in all his movies, like Total Recall, and also in even, like, Predator, where he finds that woman in the jungle that helps him... Like I don't know. He's well. Just his main distinguishing feature is that he's a enormous and mu- muscular. So right, it's yeah. like the movies have to use that to their advantage. You know. Well, it, it's you know he could. It, it's just it's it's a similar move to what Arnold does in all these movies with this Archon di- guy. This with Storm. He sort of just like drags her along, and he's like, "You'll see the my like goodness through through my brutishness once like it's all revealed." I don't, but I don't have time to explain it to you right now. Uh-huh. You know, I'm too. I'm too sort of righteous and, like, in a hurry. Right. Um, so, anyway. Uh, Storm, like, comments... Oh, no. Before that, like, the X-Men are confronted by a bunch of angry citizens on this world, and they they sort of, bl- like, immediately blame them. Like, you must be the cause of all our troubles. And they start sort of attacking them, and uh, Jubilee kind of notes that, like, oh, it's just like Earth, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, like, they're attacked by, like, the weird future tech of this planet, these floating, like, half-sentinel things. So they're tangling with those robots. Storm, meanwhile, at the, uh, you know, government castle place, she comments that, oh, I think it's this giant energy central transmitter you have that's probably causing all the problems. Just turn it off, uh, and your planet will be fine. He's like, no, it controls our security. There's got to be another way. I know you can do it, Storm. He's, like, pushing her to the edge. Right. And it's like, like he's pushing her in exactly the right way for her, you know, because he's not like outright forcing her, but he's like, I believe in you and like 
your uh, goodness and like generosity and yeah. like together. He's manipulating can... her emotionally in a way, right? Exactly. Even though she's like using her actual like smarts and detective work, she's like, well, you know, like I probably don't have to do anything. Just turn off that transmitter thing. Yeah. That also reminds me of the plot of that movie um, Tomorrowland a little bit. Mm. I got a sense of that. You know, remember that? Like, I, I doubt you remember the conclusion of that movie. We just saw it once. But was basically, that the George Clooney movie? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I saw that movie. Yeah, I think we saw it. We saw Maybe it together. You saw it. No, we definitely saw it. We both saw oh, it. Really? I just think I you were like tuned memory. out. It wasn't that great. Okay. Um, but anyway, like spoilers for people who haven't seen Tomorrowland. Uh, it ends like they travel to this futuristic place, and like the very thing protecting the planet is the thing like causing the planet to die or something to that nature, uh-huh. or causing Earth to have a lot of trouble. I forget exactly what, but it's similar. So, um, and like some guy who tra- claims to be good is like. trying to preserve the thing that's destroying everything. Got it. Out of his own ignorance or his own greed, whatever the case. Mm -hmm. So we get a hint that this guy is like up to like some secret no good, even though his intentions seem to be good, this Mm -hmm. Archon. So anyway, the X-Men are captured though. Uh, They're put in jail and immediately I'm kind of like this is such a wimpy jail. The X-Men should be able to blast out, you know, even though it's got like magical sci-fi green laser prison bars mm-hmm. I was like but it's the rest of it's surrounded by brick why doesn't Cyclops just blow it up or Wolverine start stabbing at it and uh, that turned out to be not a concern because like a minute later that's exactly what they do they just sort of blast their way out of the um, the prison uh, Wolverine fakes like a fake fight between him and Cyclops at first that seemed totally pointless um, anyway but meanwhile though Storm fixes the planet it takes a lot of effort and energy from her she, you see her, like, she chants, like, a bunch of magical incantations at the world. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It's like she's, uh, I don't know, it's almost like, um, when you see, well, I don't, I don't know much about this, really, but, like, uh, when you hear or see in movies about, like, certain, uh, like, religious services being given, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, it's almost like prayer, what it, she's hers doing, you work, know? work, though. That's yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's a, that's why she's a goddess. Right. Um... So, yeah, and it's just interesting to see her powers work on another planet, uh, and, you know, it takes a heavy toll on her. Um, the X-Men arrive, though. Luckily, the prison they're in is located right next to the king's throne room, whatever right. it is. <laughs> uh, so, the planet is fixed, and then there's a celebration on the world, blue skies, and uh, the X-Men are like, okay, well, glad we saved the day, but our mission is done here, we have to leave. But Archon's like, no, Storm's staying with me. He, uh, I've fallen in love with you, Storm. You're the greatest hero in our world, and they'll never forget it. It's like, stay with me, marry me, be my queen, and we'll rule. And she agrees. <laughs> <laughs> well, she protests a little at first. Yeah. She's like, no, it's too sudden. And right. then he like continues to profess his love to her. And she's like, oh, well, all right. Yeah, and then they start making out, like, a real heavy kiss. Uh-huh. And, and so that, to me, is, like, again, why I bring up Schwarzenegger, because it's just, like... You get the in all the Schwarzenegger movies, they the movie makers are like Schwarzenegger's sexuality is so uh, like powerful uh-huh. that women just like become like putty in his hands. They can't help but fall into his muscles, you know. And, and meanwhile, in the real world, you're looking, you're thinking like, are women really attracted to that? <laughs> he seems kind of like overly. Uh, muscly and gross looking. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think I mean, you it's tell funny me, that you like, like bring up these, all these Arnold movies because it's like the early 90s and yeah. like nothing happens in a vacuum, you know? So it's like, 
it's all part of the zeitgeist. Well, this is 1996 or seven. We're almost at the end of the rainbow here. Yeah, the X-Men. right. We're no longer in the early 90s. We're we're well into the beginning of the late 90s. Right, I know, but, but I'm still, saying his, like, his star was burning strong then. Yeah, exactly. Right. So um, it's not like uh, totally outrageous to think that that archetype of a mm-hmm. character wasn't influenced by him, you know? Right, yeah. Or was influenced right. by him. I mean. But we could tell, though, that there's a dark side to this Archon guy. Not as all as it seems. Mm-hmm. And obviously we know Storm's not going to stay on this planet and be married to this dude. Right. So something is going to make it undone. But it, it's another like nice sort of theme they t- that gets touched upon later in Marvel Comics, Storm's various boyfriends. One of them most famously is the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And she does end up marrying him and like rules... Wakanda as his queen by his side for a while. I mm-hmm. think they end up getting divorced or something. Something happens. Hmm. She gives it up or they fall out of love. I don't know what the story is. I never read it. Although I'm very interested in it. Black Panther comics. Any black? I've read several Black Panther comics, and anyone I've ever read, I've always really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should. I, I'm gonna go like start looking up. If someone has like a good omnibus suggestion or a Marvel Masterworks of what era of Black Panther I should collect, like just give me a good suggestion on the X Men Task podcast group. I'd be really interested in like catching up on like some classic Black Panther, either be it like vintage from, like, the 60s or 70s or 80s or, like, even more modern. I'm kind of curious, like, what are, like, the top Black Panther stories. Hmm. Anyway, so, yeah, so, and that's something we're going to look forward to in the future movies is uh, whoever plays Storm hooking up with Chadwick Boseman, and (laughs) it's just got to happen. I think that's just, it's too, it's too perfect. It's like we talked about in the last episode, how they they better do a Captain Marvel movie with Rogue. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to do a Black Panther with Storm, I mean, either in Black Panther two or three. You know, we could have Storm come in the picture. Yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so anyway, that you know, that's pretty much all I have for this one. It's a it's cliffhanger, so another classic two parter. We'll we'll check in on Storefront two next week, hopefully with the special guest we have some lined up. Um, so uh, that's all I have to say about this episode. Any final thoughts on Storm or Archon or this uh, episode in general? Season no. five thus far. I think season five has been very good thus far. Yeah, definitely it has. And um, I mean, these maybe are... it's even sweeter because like we didn't know where that like turning point was going to be, yeah. and now we do. Yeah, but uh, you know what's funny? It's like I know there's some real terrible ones when the animation gets bad, uh-huh. but there's also some really good ones too. Yeah, so I, far I all one. of them in season five have been gems. They've been really good. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I like the storm episode that doesn't go into her backstory. I feel like we know a lot about her backstory, mm-hmm. so now we're moving forward. And it's even like sort of hopeful at the end of this one, even though there's been quite a bit of foreshadowing to let you know that Archon is not going to end up being a good guy. Yeah. But well, we will see. I forget. I, I vaguely remember what happens in the comics, and I remember it like not being like so black and white. But who knows? I, I don't remember. Okay. Uh, and we'll see what happens with the cartoon. Obviously, yeah. But you know, different. the yeah. the end of this one left me wanting to see the next one. Yeah, me so. too, yes. Uh, and we are almost near the end, episode 69, and there's only 70-something episodes. So um, very uh, exciting to be uh, heading towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any other stuff going on? Uh, this is kind of a short episode. Do we have anything? We saw Christopher Robin today. Uh, do you recommend that movie to uh, our X-Tas listeners? Uh, speaking of Winnie the Pooh out of left field. <laughs> <laughs> It was cute. I don't know. Yeah, it was cute. I think we just yeah. wanted to go to the movies because it's hot and it's summer and it's, like, fun to be in air conditioning yeah. for, like, several hours. And, yeah. Um, not sweat, but... Yeah. I just, like, what's weird, I wanted to go to the movies to see Mission Impossible 6, um, and we're going to go see it probably later this weekend, too, but I was also, like, I kind of... 
I want to see just like a good Ewan McGregor movie. You know, I just enjoy him in all his movies. And, you know, I like <laughs> I, Winnie. The, I don't I have didn't a. I know that about you. Well, yeah, like, I don't have any special, like, real connection to Winnie the Pooh um, more than most people. I mean, I enjoyed the books as a kid, and, you know, I've never seen the cartoon a few times. Uh-huh. And I haven't seen any of, like, the newer Winnie the Pooh movies. They probably did, like, a CGI one semi recently. And things of that nature, but uh-huh. whatever. The point is, like, it, it seemed cool to me, like a period piece, uh-huh. and um, and the the anime, the the way the CGI on the stuffed animals in the movie was like in the trailer to me looked amazing. Yeah, that looks so realistic. It's like these are like stuffed animals come to life, uh-huh. and that really intrigued me. So uh, that's I don't know. I was like, let's just fucking see some, and I, I kind of wanted to see if a movie would make me cry. Too. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen. No, it didn't. It, I I. I I felt my face scrunching up a little bit at times, <laughs> but it was, it was a cute, fun movie. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, until the the next superhero movie. I mean, like I was saying, they front load all of the really good summer blockbusters mm. in like early July, late June, even like, like earlier in June, lately. Yeah, yeah, right. But it's basically like when school gets out is when they put out all like the really good summer movies. And by now, it's kind of fizzled out. There's that and Mission Impossible, yeah. and like you know, right. like not too much new stuff coming down the pipeline just yet. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes you're just in the mood to go see a movie. And- yeah, that's what we were this morning. We're like, let's just see a movie. Let's have some fun. Um, anyway, uh, that's all I got uh, for this week. Um, I want to do our plugs. Um, you can follow me at on Twitter, not at Twitter, at <laughs> uh, Willie Simpson. Um, um, it's feeling dirtier and dirtier to even use Twitter as a service. Same goes with Facebook. But you can also join our Facebook group, <laughs> the X-Men Task Podcast Facebook group. Uh, join us there. Connect with uh, me and Sonia and the other fans. Fellow fans. Right. We X-Men could talk about everything. Yeah, X-Men we've always and Marvel and- have occasional uh, lively discussions there. Um, not too intrusive on your timeline. Um, and also rate and review us five stars on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use. That goes a long way to uh, spreading our signal to anyone who uh, would be interested who have not uh, caught on all the fun yet. Mm-hmm. Sonia, any final words of wisdom to our followers out there? Nope. Goodbye, X-Fans. Goodbye, everybody.